Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us, as always, here on a Wednesday evening for The Standoff. Your rugby league show brought to you by Brad and Sanj here on Facebook as part of New Zealand Sport Radio. I'm joined here on Wednesday evening by my fellow colleague and longtime rugby league enthusiast, Mr. Brad Inger. Good evening, Brad. Good evening, Sanjay. Good evening to our listeners. It's an interesting round with plenty of talking points, so I'm going to look forward to discussing them tonight. Yes, it certainly was an interesting round. Obviously, the big news for us uh, was was around the Warriors um, and the fact that they are still um, hunting for that elusive eight spot, but it looks um, a distant opportunity at this stage. But we'll head into that. We'll cover off um, everything that happened in round 17. We'll also have a look at uh, round 18 and see what that's going to bring to the table. Um, in terms of rugby league news, we'll keep you up to date with the top stories of the week. And of course, we'll bring you news from rugby league around the globe, including rugby league and Super League and in the women's game. And Brad, if our viewers do want to, if our listeners do want to catch us, they can catch us via our podcast at their convenience. That's right, on iHeartRadio or going on Facebook. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Excellent, Brad. And do you want to top it off with the uh, first story of the week? Andrew Abdo named NRL CEO. That's correct, yes. So the South African-born Andrew Abdo, he's been um, basically the interim CEO um, the last few weeks, or the last few months, I should say, rather. And he's been given the big dig uh, gig. Peter Volandi's actually tipped him to be the best CEO the NRL's ever had. Um, he's going to have a big job ahead of him. He's been advised he needs to trim forty to fifty million dollars off operation costs, and he's outla- uh, outlined a three-phase plan to future-proof the game based on I think I've got the quote here: stabilizing, renovating, and growing. He hasn't announced what that plan is yet. But I'm sure that's going to unfold probably most likely in the off season once the seasons are wrapped up. Excellent. I think that stabilizing point there, I think that might be in reference to the coaching tenures. Um, we've seen a lot of instability in and around uh, the amount of coach, uh, the, the time frame at which coaches have been sacked. And um, it could be something to do with that. I'm picking that it is. Um, but yeah, also Anthony Griffin signs a two year deal uh, for the Dragons. So he took the Broncos to the finals in 2011, 12, and 13 before leaving um, and they failed to make the playoffs in 14. So, um, hey, that's a pretty good signing, Brad. 
Yeah, um, it's been quite interesting um, in the media. There seems to be a bit of a, a turf war between um, different media conglomerates in Australia where um, some are for the, um, the decision and some have said that they're, they're not happy with the decision and they've kind of taken all the focus away from Griffin himself, um, which mm. is a bit disappointing. But he is a quality coach. There are issues that um, his tough style alienates dressing rooms, which is what we saw in the Broncos and in the Panthers, but he usually gets some good form out of them before that happens. So um, I think it's probably a welcome change for the Dragons. I know I wasn't particularly keen on him taking the Warriors job, but I think with the Dragons, I think he can do something there. Yeah, no, it sounds uh, sounds like um, a promising uh, situation for the um you know, St. George Illawarra Dragons and um, obviously with the, you know, with McGregor moving on and um, they needed to find someone and they've, they've gone with this fellow. So let's see what he can bring to the table for them. Another news, uh, Peter Sterling says that the bunker length, uh, the, the time that it's taking in the bunker is too lengthy and it's um, destroying the viewing experience for rugby league viewers. Uh, what are your thoughts around this, Brad? Yeah, I, I kind of... I get what he means watching the Warriors game, which I was going to talk about a bit later. Um, Middly, uh, their tries sometimes are a bit hard to figure out if what the hell went on, as we saw with some of their tries. But it feels like you get you get off the off your chair about how exciting it is, and then you wait five minutes to find out if it's actually a try or not, and it kind of sucks all the life out of the game. Which I think I've got his quote here. He said, "Our game is about incitement." It's about building that to a crescendo. Now, every time a try is scored, everyone goes halfway up because it's generally going to go upstairs. So um, they need to work on it. I think the bunker's been a bugbear for a lot of us for a long time. Okay, and, um, but the question is, if they're, if they're to work on it, what are they going to work on? Now that they've implemented it, and now that we've seen it, used it, had it, experienced it, are used to it, um, if they take it away, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be some dubious calls, and they're going to be like, ah, oh, wish we had the bunker. So mm. it's not something now that has been implemented that can be just, I guess, taken away or not utilised. So it's a very tricky situation. I, I don't really see too many ways around it. Like, if it took them that long to analyse the call, okay, is it the people that are making the decisions in the bunker? Are they too slow? I think that, you know, if you watch the games, which we do, obviously, and so will many of our listeners, is that, you know, when they're going through the procedures, some of the time they can't go through it any quicker than that. I mean... And what do you do if you, you know, if you want to get the correct decision made, Brad? Yeah, I think his idea on it is the bunker needs to decide when you cross the line and not look at three plays beforehand, like we saw in some um, circumstances during the weekend where they were going back three or four phases to see if something would actually work. So I think he's trying to say, like, a phase or two before the try is okay, but any further back, that should really be on the referee. If they missed it, they missed it. Um, yeah, I think I think I think good or bad, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that's 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 a fair point. I think a good a good idea would be okay. Let's say we you know two phases back at a maximum, and the bunker's got two minutes to make the call at a maximum. That's it. You know, the, at the end of it, they can have a quick look at the two phases. They can replay it three, four, five times in a minute. The second minute, they can analyze something else. Boom! Once that clock is down, maybe even a minute and a half, maybe ninety seconds. Or maybe because it's rugby league, 80 seconds. Who knows? Yeah. Something to that effect, I think, would work well. Um, but, yeah, and other news, um, obviously, surrounding the Warriors this week, Brad, is the news around uh, Jazz Tabunga's sin binning. 
Yeah, so Graham Ellerslie, um, he comes out every Monday and basically apologises for the refs for the mistakes they've made. <laughs> he has um, been doing that quite often. Basically, it feels like it's every week. But um, I was actually a bit upset with his discussion on the Jazz Tavanga thing. He said it shouldn't have been a Simbin, where obviously we'll probably talk about it a bit more at depth later on. But um, he said it shouldn't have been a Simbin. But he also had a dig at Jazz, saying Jazz shouldn't have put himself in that position. So it's kind of like a, a sorry but not sorry, saying like, we made the wrong decision, but you made the wrong action. Um which I don't agree with for what his example was. Um, yeah. And if they're that screw, if it was the bunker that helped make the decision, but they didn't make a decision on Nathan Brown kneeling on his head. So uh, yeah, it's, it's something they're never going to get right, unfortunately, but it's about, I think it's made a bigger point in this game because it was such an important game. Um, oh, it was an important. It was an important sin binning. That that cost yeah. the Warriors the game. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and um, with a season on the line, that's a a big call to just get a sorry the next day type thing. So yeah, we'll talk about I don't know that. But I mean, do. I think that that kind of a call. That's where the bunker can be utilized better. Like, okay, um, can you have a quick look at this, please? You know, like, and not they don't have to come and look at it on the uh, on the viewing experience. Let's say that the referee just quickly mics him up and says, excuse me, can we just have a look at that one? Just want to see a possible sin binning on Jazz to Bunga. Um, obviously, the um, commentators, they'll play their own replays. Don't bring the bunker into the viewing experience. Work behind the scenes with the referee. Referee comes back. Hey, look, that's 10 minutes. Um, great. That, that's the bunker doing its job, I think. Um, that's you know, like, you're like a third umpire in cricket. You know, we don't go up and... I mean, well, we do, I guess, you, you do wait for the third umpire call, but you know what I mean? Like um, an indirect communication. So at the end of the day, the ref is still controlling what's happening on the field. He's been told that, hey, look, it's worthy of the 10 minutes. That couldn't have taken more than five seconds for them to figure out that that was not a sin binning at the well, weekend. That, that's the problem because it was the bunker that made that call. They looked at the footage while while they pulled it up and said he's punched him in the head, send him off. Well, see, there you go. So, like, I, I was still under the assumption that the ref had made that call. I didn't realise the bunker did. I, I Sorry, um, pardon me for um, misinterpreting that piece. But regardless of that, if, if the bunkers made that call, um, they, yeah, oh, so they didn't do the whole viewing thing, right? Okay, so if the bunkers made that call, then um, that's a very terrible decision, actually. That makes it that makes it even worse. I mean, that's, that's just laughable if, I mean, if you've got the opportunity to see that in any kind of slow mo, then you've got to ask yourself one of two questions: that yeah. guy in the bunker is he, um, you know, pro eels, or is he just crazy? Because there's no way that was a sin binning. Anyway, we'll cover that off a little bit later on. I think at this time we should uh, have a look at round seventeen and see how that wrapped up. Brad on Thursday night, we had the Broncos and the Panthers. Uh, Broncos going, uh, Panthers going out. Eventual winners, twenty five points to twelve. And what was possibly one of the Broncos' best performances this year, I'm calling. Yeah, so Panthers, 12th in a row, um, and they're now five points ahead of the Storm. So they're basically, unless the wheels completely fall off, the minor premierships all theirs. Um, Broncos, yeah, I think they looked a lot better in this outing. Um, but they just, I think it's the, the confidence that they obviously don't have after such a horrible season 
um, you need that confidence going towards the back end of a game to to hold on and overtake. But like what we're seeing with the Warriors, they've got a bit more confidence. So even when they're down, they can keep coming back. Broncos don't have that yet, but um, hopefully it's signs that they could be a bit better next year. Um, I'm sure the Broncos fans will really want that. Look, I think I think that um, it is a good sign to be honest. Like, I mean, hey, look, uh, these last couple of these last couple of months, what's happened to the Brisbane Broncos has been very unfortunate. They've been on hiding to nothing. They've had so much controversy surrounding that club, the culture, the coaching staff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think that at the end of the day, um, you know, to see them go down twenty five points to twelve to the competition, the front runners, the the team that has won eleven on the trot, they only lost by thirteen. Um, you know, other teams in the top eight and top four respectively have lost. By a lot more on on the odd occasion, so um, if we'd seen if you'd seen a scoreline of sixty to six, and you're calling, oh, it's just the Broncos season has gone downhill. Well, at twenty five yeah. to twelve, I reckon they played pretty well. I'm calling it one of the best performances from them this season, even though it's a thirteen point loss. I mean, you got to remember, like you said, they've lost fourteen games this season. So, yeah, um, yeah no, I think it was um, good to see, and and hopefully it's going some way to seeing, um, you know, the Broncos emerge in twenty twenty one. Uh, and get their reputation back online. Yeah, I think so. Um, on the on the Panthers side of things, though, Jerome Luai, he's playing some great football. Um, yeah, it's it's. I know him and Nathan played a lot when they were younger. Um, when Nathan first moved back to Australia after he left New Zealand, when his dad joined the joined the Panthers, and um, so they've got that combination from a young age. And it's just really starting to set in at the top level. And I think they're going to be a dangerous house combination for a long time to come. I think so. I think they've played a lot of junior footy. I saw a couple of pictures of them in junior Panthers, under-20s uh, jerseys. And, um, you know, they, they, they're they loving their football as well. And um, so, obviously, um, probably looking at uh, Jerome Luai there, is he in contention for origin then? I'm not too sure. I, I don't know. What is that? Yeah. I don't like, know if um, he's... A- Kiwi or not? Well, I'm not sure. Maybe uh, Paul behind the scenes can have a look at that for us. Jerome Luai on Wiki maybe will show where he's born and where he's played his school ball rugby league because that in itself will determine whether he's allowed to play for Queensland, New South Wales, or if indeed he is a Kiwi, we could see him in a sixth jersey come test day. But I'm looking here. He did play for Samoa in the last World Cup, but you can play for Samoa and then go to Origin. So if he's good enough, he might. Well, there you go. I mean, once upon a time, you had to be born in the state, Bradley, to play Origin football. But now you can play for Samoa and then go play for New South Wales. Seems a bit yeah, well, like, to me. Like Paul's put here, he was born in Sydney, so he's got that on his side. Um, it's a bit like the Papali situation. No. He plays he plays yeah. for the Maroons, but he's played... Um, Tonga. Yeah. Um, he's played for Tonga, hasn't he, several times? I think so, yeah. Uh, well, look, um, another, you know, Tony Staggs uh, scored his 10th try in the match and continues to bring his season home strong. Um, one of the only highlights in terms of players for the year is Katoni. And, but I mean, he has been playing well, and I think that uh, he does deserve a mention there. Um, yeah, Panthers started the match looking flat, um, perhaps due to having the five day turnaround. But, you know, um, Nathan Cleary, Luai, Upper Coruscant, they just took control of the match, and that was the end of it, really. Um, they, there was no way that they were going to let the Brisbane Broncos beat them even though they scored first the Broncos look promising at 6 nothing, 
and ending up losing 12 points to 25 on. The other Friday night fixture saw the Knights taking on the Sharks in what I thought would be a Sharks victory. Turned out to be a thumping at the hands of the Knights, Bradley, 38 points to 10. Yeah, it was surprising to have a blowout, especially after how the Knights were against the Warriors the week before. Um, but they've secured their place in the playoffs now, um, led bravely by um, Kalen Pongo, who scored a hat-trick and was kind of beaten from pillar to post for most of the match. Um, personally, I think the Sharks cost themselves the match with poor discipline. Obviously, the biggest talking point was Chad Townsend's um, shoulder charge, hit to the head, late hit, whatever you want to call it, against Ponga. And um, there was three other players put on report as well. So when you're that ill-disciplined, any team's going to come up and get you. So um, Yeah, the Townsend one, look, um, I think, you know, it's a fair call and uh, he, he'll miss, I think, a few weeks um, due to that. Um, and, yeah, of course, they they had a couple of other um, – Wade Graham also copped two-match ban. So they are looking like they could potentially struggle over the next three weeks, which is what we need them to do, um, exactly. uh, being, being Warriors supporters. But we'll have a look at that a little bit later on. In terms of Caleb Ponga, he was definitely targeted. Um, uh, and, and, you know, besides the uh, Townsend hit, um, you, you do have to target him. He's just seen how elusive and how dangerous he can be. Um, you know, the Warriors played really well against him, and I think – the, the reason why he absolutely decimated the Sharks is that their defence, the Sharks, that is, has been abysmal all year. That's been their Achilles heel. Again, not being able to put away a top eight side. If they are to make the finals, they're going to only last the first weekend, I would suggest. So a better fit for the finals would indeed be the Warriors. And we'll have a look at that when we preview their game against the Eels in a little bit. Um, but now we could just have a look, Brad. Um, we've got the Sharks run home there for us. Uh, yes, yeah, so the Sharks have the Warriors this week. Then they've got the Roosters and the Raiders. So they really needed this win. They they needed to come out of here with a win because you can give them a, a slight chance that they might pip the Warriors. It's a, probably a lot less now with Wade Graham and Chad Townsing out. But the mm. Roosters and Raiders, unless the Roosters and Raiders decide to rest all their players to prepare for playoffs... I don't give the Sharks a shot. Hey, look, actually, it's, it's a very interesting talking point, and um, I want to go through it a bit more in detail when we cover the Warriors game. But, yeah, they've got the Warriors, the Roosters, and the Raiders. Now, just looking at the Sharks run home, if I'm, you know, going off the current form and, and you know, if I'm going off what I believe as a, you know, rugby league um, presenter, and I, I, I genuinely believe that they're, 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 they're going to find it difficult to win any of those games, you yeah. know? So zero from three... I'd actually like to know what the odds on for zero out of three versus one versus three versus two versus three and three versus three for the Sharks run home. I'd like to actually see what that is because um, if we can get that information, it'd be quite interesting because I, I would say they're going to struggle against all sides. And um, yeah. Yeah, we'll have a look at that a little bit later on. But on the other Friday night fixture, we had the Rabbitohs up against the Storm in a very, very tight top-of-the-table encounter. Uh, we've got the Rabbitohs, unfortunately, uh, not... Uh, coming home, the victors uh, missing by a converted try, which was a dubious call. Uh, forward pass from Cameron yeah. Smith, 22 points, 16, Bradley. Yeah, so it was another case of another top side that started slow. Um, a bit like the Panthers, the Storm started a bit slow, but worked their ways in. Um, Poppenhausen had one of his best performances for the Storm in this game. Um, he scored a try, set up two, ran for over 200 metres and had eight tackle breaks. Um, so only played 38 games at fullback and he's already getting compared to the likes of Billy Slater. Um, mm. be interesting to see it's if he's dangerous. 
yeah, and if he can continue his form, um, he's going to be a very dangerous player. But the Rabbitohs, I've said it many times on this show, um, they're their own biggest enemy because they don't know how to hold on to the ball. Um, if they can hold on to the ball and complete like 85% of their sets, they can beat anybody. But um, yeah, they had the dropsies here. If they hadn't had the dropsies, I think they would have beat the Storm. Yeah, again, um, you know, like it's it's a it's a tough one. I mean, if they didn't have the drop season, if that try got called, that bars got called forward, this, the South Sydney Rabbitohs would be win the winners. You know, like it could have very easily been their game. But you're right; they've got a tendency to lose these types of games, and they've got a tendency to not finish off sides. And unfortunately, um, for them, Cook and Reynolds were just shut out of the game completely. And that was the key, a, a part of the key to uh, their success, Melbourne, is that. They took away their halfback. They took away their dummy half. They got so much go forward, so much running meters there. Um, and that made it very difficult for them to gain any ascendancy. Uh, but you're right. Look, Ryan Pappenhausen, look, he he is actually being mentored by Billy Slater. I don't know if you know that. Um, no. But he, he's been mentored by Billy Slater via video conference uh, for the season and, 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 and for his time in rugby league. And um, it was funny because someone was saying that, you know, uh, just imagine if, you know, you've got Billy Slater as a mentor. Now, Billy Slater wouldn't have had Billy Slater as a mentor. So that just shows how good Billy is if they're comparing to him to Billy. But he's a young kid. He's got a long way to go. But, yeah, at this stage, you'd have to um, say, yep, tick. He's he's going to make it um, 38 games in and he's playing like he's playing 150. Gee, he looks freakish to me. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic player. And it's going to be dangerous in years to come, I'm sure. And just lastly, on the Storm, look, even the Storm are getting sick of the Cameron Smith debacle, to be honest. Um, we're all over it. We're sick of it. Now he's just being selfish. I mean, it's time to sort of make a call, mate, and, uh, you know, let everyone know holding on like this is just like, um, you know, really just starting to, um, you know, annoy, particularly, you know, Brandon Smith and co. Um, they'll be the most annoyed, uh, I would suggest. They won't say as such, but, yeah. Um, but we'll move on to um, Saturday's yeah. fixed with Brad. Yeah, so the first game on Saturday was the Titans defeating the Bulldogs 18-14. to 14. Um, Biggest news out of this game is Kieran Foran's injury. He um, suffered a suspected pictorial tear, and he's done for the season once again. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the Bulldogs' chances, I thought they had a good shot in this game. Then when he went off, I ticked, ticked that the Titans were going to win because the Bulldogs are showing that without Foran, they're, they're not doing well. Um, I don't know if he'll play on again. I know he says he wants to, but he had an offer. Um, he had an offer from Newcastle, and as soon as he got injured, they pulled it. So, um, well, yeah, that's the yeah, that's going to be the interesting part is that um, that would have been interesting for and up there with Pierce and Blake Green. Mm, don't know what he would have done right. there, but maybe. Blake Green signed with the Bulldogs for next. Oh, year. Oh, that's right. Yes, of course. Blake Green is down. Oh, this is for next season. I keep forgetting. Yeah, um, I thought it was. Yeah, so they're gonna. It was going to be yeah. like the old switcheroo swapping them. Oh right, I see. Yeah, well, that, yeah. I mean, obviously, his injuries are a concern. I mean, he's had twenty injuries in his career over the last six years. There was in, there was an interesting stat. He played a range of thir uh, from six to thirteen games. I think it was over the last four or five seasons. With one of those seasons, he played seventeen. So remembering when the regular, uh, regular season, ladies and gentlemen, um, for those of you that are tuned in, uh, it's 24 rounds normally. So even at 17, he's missed potentially a final series or seven games. So he misses at least one third of every season, if not more. 
And I guess that's what these clubs would be looking at and thinking he is a risk to to pay. So he can't demand a hell of a lot of cash. He wants to play on, though. He's got a desire to play on, just like Benji does. So these two um, Kiwis that are coming to the end of their career, I think they want to have one last season. That's pretty much, I think, all that they're worthy of. And um, they're, they're, they've got a spot somewhere, Brad. We just got to, I mean, you know, where, where, where do you see them going? What are your thoughts? I have no idea. I have no idea where they'll end up. Um, I thought the Knights were a good fit for foreign. I think um, he could go in there. Um, I've heard a lot of talk about them saying that any team should take foreign if they've got young halves, not to play necessarily, but to be like a mentor. But the barrier with that is that's not what foreign wants. Foreign wants to play. So it all will depend. And he doesn't want a lot of teams were interested in a one-year deal because of his injuries, but he is refusing those. He wants a longer-term deal, which is his wow. – That's he He might have – maybe he'll change his mind after this now. And I go, think he'll quickly change his mind, mate. Look, you're not going to be able to be picky out there. I know you're only 30 years of age, but, mate, you're with the amount of injuries that you had, you, you've got to take whatever deal you can get. I know that you probably want to establish yourself at a club, he obviously likes the Sydney area, so I don't know, South Sydney, the Cronulla Sharks, St. George around that area, perhaps. I don't know, um, but even the West Tigers, maybe they're getting rid of Benji. Um, why would they punt on foreign, I guess you should say. But yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see um, which clubs do pick up one of these two. It might end up that, um, I mean, neither of them have had a stint in the Super League, have they? So obviously Benji's no. played his whole life in the NRL. Maybe it's time to say, hey, look, let's go and give it a crack in the United Kingdom for a season you know they're pretty good players still though they'll probably be i don't know maybe the fifth or sixth best halfback over there uh, you know whereas over here there might be i don't know the seventh eighth tenth best who knows benji has been pulling out some games and foreign has been playing exceptionally well so yeah. we'll have to just wait and see but yeah before we move on the titans obviously they they've been playing some exciting football scoring some great tries um we keep saying it so may as well say it again um, the side's growing well, and I'm going to look forward to seeing what they do next year. Uh, Fogarty's been been a star for them this year, and I think with a massive forward pack that he's going to have, he's going to be a superstar. So, yeah, look, um, you know they've been one of my uh, underdog teams for the year, I guess you could say. Um, so, yeah, in the picks next year, Bradley, you're going to have to sort of like you can't sort of you know take them as as yours, unfortunately, but. Um, now, now they look. They've been playing some good football. Look, I mean, even when you mentioned the Titans halves, I mean, what they've got, Fogarty and Taylor, haven't they? Taylor, Taylor is is Taylor. He's off. He Taylor's off contract next year, isn't he? So Taylor yeah. is there. So you know yeah. what, Fogarty Taylor Marshall, Fogarty Taylor Foran. Hey, uh, you know that could work. You know, and uh, you know, I'd be actually if I'm Mel Meninga and um, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, Gordon Tallis and, and and you know the coaching staff up there, I'd be like, you know what, like. Let's get Benji here. I mean, most likely he's he's less injury prone. Um, you know, they've got a good hooker as well. So, uh, you know, but, you know, Benji could play that bit of that role. So maybe a Benji or a foreign at the Titans um, as a backup, not not as your, as, your, as your main player. But, I mean, if they want Taylor and um, Fogarty to be mentored and coached, well, I don't think I could imagine of any two better candidates, Brad. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. Um, be interesting. Um, I don't see how anyone would say no to moving to the Gold Coast, even if it's just for a year. Seems like exactly. a reasonably nice place to be. So, um, yeah, I guess we're just going to watch the space. Absolutely. 
So then the second game on Saturday was um, maybe the comeback match of the year with the Tigers defeating the Sea Eagles 34-32. They were down 20-6 to midway through the game and then scored two tries in the final eight minutes to get the win. What were your thoughts on the game? Oh, look, I thought this was um, going to be game of the round until the Cowboys and uh, Valentine Holmes slotted a field goal. I thought even though it was a bottom of the table clash, we'll get into that in a little bit, I thought that was the game of the round, believe it or not, folks. Um, just the caliber of uh, football, okay, a little bit defensively lacking um, compared to the top uh, top tier teams, but um, the amount of points and, and and the flow of points as well. It wasn't just one team getting to thirty, then the other team chasing it down. You know, in that game in particular, the Cowboys Dragons game, there was a lot of towing and throwing, a seesaw battle as such. In this game, however, it was very interesting. Last nine minutes, they've got an affinity with number nine. They come ninth last nine minutes. They're ninety points, I think, something for against. So, like the Sea Eagles, um, you know, they. They, they certainly just thought they would have won that game um, with, you know, that 10 minutes left on the clock. But the Tigers just kept coming back. Some good goal kicking as well there near the end. Um, and they are still in the hunt potentially. But when, when we have a look at their, um, you know, the, the, what they've got left in the season, we will then determine whether we believe that the Tigers have anything um, to offer Brad. Yeah, I, I don't think they do. I think, I think it was a good game, but it was against Manly who have been struggling. So we can kind of take that out of the context of the situation. But, yeah, it's so topsy-turvy. You don't know. They could come out and, and go three on the trot and um, sneak their way in. We just don't know. I think um, a lot of those players will probably be playing it a little bit harder for Benji. Um, we've seen it before. Um, we saw it in 2011 with Manly and the Warriors where it was um, Ruben Wickey and Beavers last years, and they – they went a little bit harder and both ended up in the grand final. Not saying that that's going to happen with the Tigers, but um, he's a, uh, old Benji's a, a love player there. And I'm sure the, the boys will be playing out of their skin for him to make sure they lend, leave on a high. Oh, I definitely look, I think that they will be playing out of their skin for him, but the, 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 the Tigers, their run home, they have got the, the, they've got the, sorry, who have they got this weekend? They've got the Rabbitohs, the Eels and the Storm. So that's what they've got to contend with now. Easy games, Ooh. easy games. <laughs> I don't see any way through that. Um, and, of course, if they win, I mean, okay, they need to win all three anyway to beat the Warriors and to beat Cronulla. So if they won all three, then we're out anyway. So yeah. good luck to them. I, I'm happy if they win two, to be honest, but I don't see them winning all three. So um, speaking of um, uh, top-tier teams. We had the Raiders uh, versus the Roosters on Saturday evening, which promised to be one of the matches of the round, and it was a very tough, gritty match. 18.6, the Roosters coming off eventual winners. Um, but, yeah, it certainly lived up to the hype of the grand final rematch. Um, obviously, Sunny Bill's return and a few um, injury concerns there, Brad. Um, but, yeah, it was a good yeah. game. I think it was a good game. Um, I think the Raiders' biggest problem here was they just didn't know how to capitalise on their attacking chances and um, James Tedesco decided that with um, the Sunny Bill sideshow there, he wanted to let everyone know he was still in the team and he had a blinder. Um, 226 metres, 15 tackle breaks and two tries. So um, as much as the media wanted to make it all about Sunny Bill, Tedesco kind of stole the limelight, rightly so. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Teddy, he had a great game. He's, he's going to be uh, very crucial come origin time for the New South Wales team. He'll be a key figure in what will be another series victory, ladies and gentlemen, in year, two, in year 2020 against the depleted Queensland Maroons. 
But uh, hey, look, uh, that's uh, some time off. We've we've still got uh, plenty of football left uh, this season, and um, of course, we've got the minor premiership in terms of picks. And at the moment, Brad, obviously, you did pick it, and um, the Roosters as well. So it was it was yeah, it was it was an interesting game. Papali, Josh Papali, that is, um, he's got an injury scare, but um, apparently he's come right, um, and he's ready for this weekend, Brad. Yeah, so they were talking that he was going to be out two to three weeks, and then um, they named him in the lineup and said that they're going to give him basically to the last minute to prove his fitness. Uh, so I, I commend him on it. It's um, impressive. Uh, when I saw him go down, I thought it was a devastating blow for the Raiders, um, who had already lost Josh Hodgson earlier in the season, um, and Papali's been been so strong for them. Um, so losing him would be devastating, but he's a tough old bugger. I'm pretty sure he's going to be there this week. And um, yeah, I'm sure he will be. Well, they've played. They've played with a few um, injury concerns this year. Of course, they lost their captain and hooking position a few weeks ago. A few, or maybe six weeks ago now. Um, yeah. And they've managed to still um, be very competitive. So um, they're a team that can play through uh, injuries. Um, uh, they've got a bit of depth there. And Ricky Stewart, of course, he's fairly level-headed kind of guy, coaching well up there. Uh, for the Canberra Raiders. Charles Nickel-Clockstead and Jock White, Jack Whiten, sorry, they did have uh, good games for the Raiders, but the, the Green Machine were just no match for yeah. the Peking Roosters. Now, in terms of Sonny Bill, look, he made his return, and um, you're calling a bit of a 14-minute cameo. I mean, yeah. cameo, really? I mean, he came on, he did a few things here and there, gave the cameras a couple of smiles. He looked all right, but, yeah, as far as it being called a cameo, look, I don't know about that one, Brad. A cameo just means he had a slight appearance. That's what a cameo means, Sanjay. Right. Um, yeah, I I know everyone's going on about all the, the hullabaloo about him. Um, I thought he went all right for a guy that hasn't played NRL for six years. Um, admittedly, his games for the Wolfpack in the Super League, he wasn't that um, fantastic either. So he's just, he looked a little bit lost, um, looked a little bit gassed towards the end. Um, in the game that got this week, he hasn't even been named. So he, he got dropped already. But um, it's it's a tough competition and a tough team to just walk straight back into. So I, I assume I'm going to – I'll expect to see him in the playoffs and probably playing a bit more of a, a role. He'll be a, an interchange player, though. He's he, You're not going to take a spot off one of the, the starting 13. Um, but well, it's interesting that you say he's not named this weekend. Well, you know, that's uh... – Quite interesting because the 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 most hyped return in NRL history that's what they're calling it really was it I mean 14 minutes yeah he, he played a right got an offload away uh, but he overrated I feel the um the hype surrounding it I mean hey look he's a great player we know that he's a fantastic athlete and I'm sure he's going to be a huge impact come the back end of the season just surprising that he's not um in the squad for this coming weekend I mean that's bizarre. That is bizarre to yeah. say the least. Maybe they're resting him early. I mean, keeping him ready for that final series where it looks like they're going to need someone like Sonny Bill to bring something home because uh, to get past the Panthers or the Storm is going to be um, prove, is going to prove to be difficult. Yeah, but, but that takes us on to Sunday, Brad, and um, of course we had the Warriors versus the Eels. Unfortunately, the Warriors going down twenty four points to eighteen in which what in which was a fantastic game of rugby league, bar a few incidents, Bradley. Bar one incident, really. Um, yeah, it was disappointing. Um, it started off, I was worried, um, when the, the Eels came out firing and it looked like the Warriors were going to be on a hiding to nothing, and then they slowly got themselves back in, and then the Simbining 
happened and it all kind of fell away again. Um, but like we, I said a little bit earlier, that confidence, the Warriors have a lot of confidence in themselves right now. And um, when they got their, their full 13 back, they came back into the game and it was only, um, what, 16-12 at halftime after being down 16-0. So um, they showed a, they had a few opportunities in the second half to, to get over, had a, had a try taken away for a forward pass. And then Peter Hicku got taken out on the sideline. Um, calls didn't really go their way, unfortunately. Um, there was, uh, there's a, a media, um, a reporter in Australia called Peter Crawley, who um, I think he works for the Sydney Herald. I'm not too sure, but he was talking, he lives in the Central Coast. So he's actually gone to a lot of the Warriors games at Central Coast this year. And even he's kind of got on after watching them live so many um, games this year that he's a bit um, upset that they seem to not get the 50-50 calls going their way. So it, mm. it's good to see that it's not just a New Zealand opinion. It's some of the Australian media are kind of catching on. I'm not sure what you do to fix it, but yeah, it kind of seems that if it's a 50-50 call, it's not going their way. Yeah, look, there are quite a few of those I found at the weekend. I mean, particularly there was one where... Clearly, Roger Tuovasashek was taken out in mid-air. And the funny thing is, the commentary team didn't say anything about it either. No yeah. one mentioned that, that that's um, taken out in the air. It's a very dangerous uh, takeout as well. There was no mention of it, not from the commentators, not from the referee. So I don't know what was going on there. But, yeah, it was just another example. The sin binning, that was the most terrible sin binning um, that I've seen in a long time, if not forever. I mean, you know, when I saw the replay for that, uh, the Eels player provoked him into doing that. And I reckon it was a deliberate ploy. The Eels player knew once he had got struck even ever so slightly that if he retaliated, that he was not going to, it was always going to be an Eels penalty. But he just thought if he just gives him a little, plays the game here a little bit, it could end up more serious. And I reckon yeah. they were playing for it. I, I, genu I genuinely believe that. And yeah, yeah, I think before the game, they would have looked at Jazz Tavanga and said, he's their aggressive, hot-headed little player. If you give him a bit of niggle, he's going to niggle back and we could get some some easy penalties out of this. So I think it was definitely a ploy. I'm pretty sure Peyton probably would have spoken to Tavanga after the game and said, like, we 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 love your aggression, which we do. It's, it's fantastic to see him out there. But um, don't bite when they give you a chance because they're just they're just doing it to try to get get a rise out of you in the wrong way and cost us some points, which unfortunately um, it did in this game. Um, but yeah, the Warriors, they they um, tried to steal all the headlights with a, a try of the year contender, their, their first try of the game. Really? Where it, went, it went through all 13 players' hands by the by the look of it before Chanel went over. Um, that was the try. one that, yeah, that was the one that took 10 minutes to figure out if it was a try or not. But um, yeah, it was good to see that um, even down, they weren't they weren't afraid to not just throw it around and play a bit of Warriors football, as they like to call it. Um, dangerous when it works. But that's what like exactly it's exactly what you said though. It's Warriors football. Like um, even um, on on the weekend when I was watching it live, the commentators alluded to the fact that the two times that they've made the finals back in two thousand and 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 two thousand eleven, two thousand and one, and two thousand eleven, Brett. Um, again, 2002, 2002, 2011, both times they've made the grand final, Stacey Jones, Sean Johnson, of course, the respective halfbacks at the time. Um, 
they played razzle dazzle football uh, like that, and that's the way that, that that's the culture, the style of their cultural play, I guess you could say. I mean, that's I don't know if that's a catchphrase, but that's how they play as a team. The Warriors, that's what they're about, you know, and that's being fearless and, and throwing the ball a little bit more around. And and to be honest, that throwing the ball a little bit more around, that's what you need to do in an Australian rugby league competition. We've seen for years this one-out stuff, and we we were guilty of it for most of the season this year. If you actually, you've got to look at the season in two parts if you're a supporter. The first 10 rounds are pretty ordinary. But yeah. the second 10 rounds, there's been a massive shift in the way they play. Um, and uh, throwing the ball around is definitely something that there uh, has been successful for them in the past and certainly something that they'll have to um, you know, implement in their game uh, if they to make the eight, ladies and gentlemen, or indeed if their season is done and dusted. We won't find out um, straight away if they're victorious this weekend. We could be holding on for another two weeks of hope. Yeah, so their run home, they've got the uh, the Warriors have the Sharks, the Raiders, and the Sea Eagles. Um, I can, I could see them winning two out of the three. The Raiders are going to be tough. Um, mm, but we've seen, we've seen what the Warriors can do against the Panthers and the Roosters, where they, they almost edge it out. And I don't think the Raiders are as good as the Roosters or the Panthers. So if they can just lose to those two teams, they should just win against the Raiders, putting my Warriors hat on, of course. Um, but yeah, yeah if, definitely. Media has ridden them off, saying they're not going to make the eight now. They've got the, the thinnest of chances to make it. They really need things to go their way and win every game. Uh, but I like what they're doing at the moment, so I'm I'm still going to edge on their side. I'm still giving them all the confidence in the world until they get their next loss, and then we'll know. So do you think – I'll, I'll get you to make a call right here and now, Brad. Three rounds out, are they going to make the eight? Um, I still think they will. So, wow, that's but, a big call, Brad. And it's a good well, call as well. I mean, I look, uh, you know, I, I still think that they, they got a chance of making the eight. I really do. Um, I'm disappointed in the Australian media how they have said that the Warriors are gone for 2020 because technically they're not. Okay, if they're mathematically gone, then that's fine. But, you know, if they're not gone, then again, it's another example of them just trotting on this rugby league franchise and making us not as popular or as glorious as the Australian franchises over there in their viewing platform. Now I'm sick of it because it's actually quite real. It's actually yeah. like, um, you know, we, we are still a chance, but to just edge us down like that, that gets back to the players, the team, the coaching staff, the population, the fans, and it, it creates a stigmatism amongst the rugby league public thinking, Oh, well they can't make it. But, They've still got an opportunity. They, I mean, if they beat the Sharks this weekend, that's another week of hope. If they beat the Raiders the following week, that's another week of hope. And and then and then if it comes down to if the Sharks have, you know, if, obviously if the Sharks lost this weekend, okay, that's that's then then they they, they I can only get a maximum um, of I think twenty yeah twenty two points. Um, so that would still see them getting through. So the Sharks yeah. have to lose every game, and we have to win every game. Yeah. So it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but yeah, it's at least it makes the end of the season a bit more enjoyable than what I think we all thought it was going to be. So, but again, I mean, in the last six weeks, uh, you know, the Warriors have lost to the Eels, the Panthers, and the Roosters respectively, all by six points. Now those are top four sides, all three of them. 
There's yeah. three top four sides there, the best team in the competition included. And that's, you know, it just goes to show, like, win one or two of those, win some of the games that we shouldn't have lost earlier in the season. And they're the team that we should be, we should be sitting here with them in sixth or seventh space going, you know what? And, and, and just imagine if they're at sixth or seventh and they're playing this kind of football right now, Shit, that'd be a that'd be a contender, a real contender, I think. And next year again, you gotta you gotta look at it from uh, you know a perspective of a fan as well. Like next year's not going to be any easier either. You know, we could see the same thing because next year you got the Gold Coast Titans are going to make a big play for it. You know, I'm um, out of the bottom tier teams. I still think that it's still rebuilding required at the Dragons. I still think the Broncos are gonna they're not going to just get to the top of the table in one season. Um, the Cowboys, whilst they've got some players going there, they're still going to struggle. So out of those bottom teams, I really do see, um, you know, uh, the, the Titans getting up there. So it's not going to be easy to make the eight in any season. And we're always just on the outside of it, just Bradley. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We're, we're just got to wait and see. And odds are they're probably going to be stuck in Australia all next season as well. Um, so... Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see, unfortunately. But thankfully, our season's still currently alive. So we just enjoy enjoy the now. That's all I'm saying. No, excellent. And I mean, I have a quick mention that they, they've been actually playing over there. And some of the trainers have been helping out uh, at training because they don't have a full squad. So just showing you how hard those New Zealand Warriors, ladies and gentlemen, are working over there, giving us um, fans back here a lot of hope, a lot of promise, but also some courage and um some Kiwi mana showing that these boys are away from their families and, and doing it tough. Um, so we wish them all the best and we'll analyse their um, next week. We'll, we'll see how they do against the Sharkies. But on Sunday, we also had the Cowboys versus the Dragons and the match of the round for mine, a seesaw battle. Uh, Cowboys, the eventual winners with the Valentine Holmes field goal, 23 points to 22. And didn't he hit that sweetly? He did. Great game to watch, but it ruined my perfect round. I... I... I was sitting there. I was sitting there, seven from seven, going, "Yep, dragons will get this," and I have another perfect round. And then, yeah, that happened. Um, great to see. I loved seeing. It was a great game. Um, dragons, another team that lacks execution. They bombed a few tries and should have had this game in the bag. But yeah, the Cowboys um, broke their losing streak. Um, they had nine in a row. They were going looking for their tenth, and they handed their interim coach Josh Hanna his first win. So it's good to see that um, obviously he didn't get the job um, with Todd Payton taken next year. It's good to see that he at least got a win before yeah. um, he loses the job, basically. So, um, yeah, a bit too little too late for them, but they're trying to end their season on a high, which is good to see. And good to see Valentine Holmes actually stand up because there's been a lot of pressure on him since coming back from the NFL. Certainly has been. And um, no, he, he played a fantastic game. And that field goal, it was a... Uh... It was a cracker. It really was. It was precision stuff there. Um, but yeah, heartbreak for the Dragons. Um, you know, like uh, with their coaching announcement now out of the way, they can focus on working towards 2020. Um, yeah, it was um, Ben Hunt, uh, I think deserves a mention, playing in his 250th for the Dragons. Unfortunately, wasn't on the winning side on this occasion. Jeez, it seems like only yesterday he joined the competition and for him to already racked up 250 games. That's a pretty good achievement from a young fella, from oh, not such a young fella, but from a fella who he doesn't look, um, you know, like he's, uh, you know, coming near the end of his career anytime soon. And uh, looks like he will be going through and playing in the hooking position 
for many years to come. So yeah. that wraps up um, round 17, folks. And if we quickly have a look at our picks for the round, um, well, well, no, sorry, we'll have a look at the table first. Um, yeah. And uh, basically, yeah, if we have a look at uh, the Panthers, uh, top eight is made up of the Panther Storm, Eels versus Raiders, Knights, Rabbitohs, and the Sharks. So at this stage, mathematically, the West Tigers and the Vodafone Warriors there in 10th spot are still potential top eight contenders. However, the Dragons, Sea Eagles, Titans, Cowboys, Broncos, and Bulldogs, Brad, are done for 2020. They're done, yeah. And um, if the Tigers or the Warriors lose this week, they'll be done as well. So it's um, you've got to keep winning to stay alive for the Tigers and the Warriors. So we might be sitting here next week saying the same thing, where but they'll only be two points out of the eight. Obviously, um, because if the Warriors have won, they've beaten the Sharks or sitting at eighth. So... Um, yeah, yeah. It just goes to show you, like you know, a few games. Like, let's say we'd won. If we'd won three games, one of those games, and you know, we're up here, seventeen and ten. All of a sudden, you're in that six, seven spot, and you're a little bit more comfortable. The Warriors really have to make a play for making the top five or top six next year, realistically, and go out and get it with the help of Gus Gould, um, Nathan Brown. Let's hope that they can, you know, do something. But that's how it stands at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. There's still a chance in 2020. A slim one at that, but we are hoping and we will see the Warriors take on the Sharks this weekend and hopefully see us progress in 2020. Yeah, so our picks, um, we had two two games where we were different. Um, I got both of those this week, um, thankfully, um, and then we both got the Dragons-Cowboys game wrong. So you ended up on five out of eight, and I ended on seven out of eight, bringing our totals to... You have 81 out of 112, and I have 87 out of 112. Well, that's um, 6.6 games adrift. It doesn't look like I've got any chance of taking up the minor premiership, which, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is what's going to happen. If Bradley wins the regular season, then we go off into playoff mode, and we've got some interesting, um, you know, potentially some bonus point structure that we're going to implement there, and we'll see how that goes. But um, at this stage, we'll just go over to Paul to see if there are any uh, questions from the listeners today there. Yeah, no, we've got a couple here. Um, interesting to see uh, some uh, some players. So what, Josh Reynolds, Russell Parker, sorry, Russell Packer, um, and also Michael Cheekham all left the uh, venue at half time for the Tigers and didn't stick around. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, boys? Um, do you want me to go first? <laughs> um, I... I know there's been a lot of media about it um, and a lot of people are unhappy. Personally, if it was me, I would stay. But I'm not upset that they left at halftime. They weren't playing. Um, you could see it as a bit of disrespect to the club, but in all honesty, with what the club did with Benji last week, it could even be seen as a bit of a um, fingers up to the club for what they did to to their mate. Um They've also been through the media saying that those players aren't actually wanted at the club. So if if you're stuck at a job where you're not wanted by your boss and they're asking you to stick around um, after hours for a function, you might not want to. So um, I don't see it as a big deal. I, I know they, they probably just want to get out of there. Tigers don't want them there. Sounds very toxic. Um, so, yeah, I don't see it as a big deal. But, yeah, personally, I would have stayed because I haven't watched a game of football in person all year, and I, I miss it. 
So I th- I'm going to disagree with Brad on this one. I I, I I think it is a massive deal. They are paying your paycheck still. I don't care what's happening in 2021. They are th- th- you're currently contracted and signed to the Tigers, and and that's your club. You should take a sense of pride in the club that you play for right until the last game that you play for them. And if you're not playing for them next year, you still have an obligation and a duty to fulfill this season. That's what a professional does in this era of teams, uh, players going from team to team and mid-season, halfway through the season, one-year contracts, etc. That's what a professional does. Would you, You'd never see a Cameron Smith or a Benji Marshall, Kieran Foran, Dave Carey, or any of the top players for that matter. You would never see one of them leaving. So it's a big deal. They shouldn't have done it. Okay, well, there you go, folks. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think of uh, Peter Philandes, um thinking about changing the eligibility rules for Origin and to be allowed to p- to pay, sorry, play for the Pacific Island teams and also play for for um, uh, for Origin? Now, I've got the um, or, I'm also going to bring up the uh, the Origin um, rules here, um, so you, so we can see what the selection rules are. So, what do you think? Clint, that's, that's that last bit here is looking at changing. Players must also be eligible to represent Australia at international level um, to be to play in Origin. Do you think they should drop that piece? Um, I personally don't, but I have a different agenda on it. Um, I see it as a backdoor way of um, boys that can play for the Kiwis not playing for the Kiwis because then they can get that Origin bump and they can still play international footy for... An island team, say like um, David Fusatua. Um, obviously, it's a bit different because he wasn't born in Australia. But um, if he could find out that rather than playing for the Kiwis, he could play for Tonga and Origin, he would do that. Mithi, he's playing for Tonga now anyway. But um, you got a few of the the Kiwi boys that were born in Australia. Um, if they could find out they could play Origin, and all they have to do is give up the black jersey maybe some of them will take it. And I don't want to see the Kiwis lose out um, just so some of the boys can play three extra games a year in, um, in a crappy blue jersey or a really good maroon one. Yeah, okay. Um, well, yeah. Um, well, look, I, I think personally, I I just, I, I don't know, I'm a bit old-fashioned. You know, like, I think Origin footy, it used to be that you had to be born in the state I believe to to play for New South Wales or Queensland, and then it went from that to um, whatever schoolboys competition or junior rugby league system you came through. So with Benji Marshall, played for you know uh, in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, um, which is New South Wales, and he was therefore granted an opportunity to play for the Junior Kangaroos, which he did, um, and then he could have potentially played um, Origin footy, but he chose to um, you know go with his Kiwis. So. Look, I, I don't know. It's it's it, 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 this this rule here. It definitely rips the Kiwis team apart a little bit. Like we lose a lot of good players to those proud and traditional island players that do want to represent the island nation for whatever reason. But at the same time, they want to have it the best of both worlds as well. And getting a crack at Origin, yeah, I, I don't think that that's a fair thing. I, I to be honest, I think you know if you you know you, you got to either. Be on the you know on the, on the Pacific Island New Zealand uh, agenda or, or or Australian Rugby League you know you can't really have both but who knows it's never really been about where you come from in rugby league internationally has it? No, in, all honesty, in all honesty, I think he's trying to get the Origin a bit more exciting. And to be honest, I think they've been trying to do this 
since Tomalolo left the Kiwis and became played, started playing for Tonga. They're like, you're playing for Tonga now. Let's put you in Queensland. Um, that's I think what the origin doing. product, the origin product's got nothing wrong with it, mate. Like I reckon yeah. it's a great, yeah, it's fantastic the way that it is. It doesn't need any adjusting. It's a, it's always going to be a pretty solid product. So yeah, maybe they should just look at putting like a a Kiwis versus Tonga or something during the origin window. Perfect. There you go. That's yeah. I mean, give our international window an opportunity. I think they did that last year, didn't they? They did uh, Kiwis Tonga, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, during that Origin series, so yeah, something like that. You know, yeah, that's what I would be going for. Right, and the last one, thoughts on Peyton wanting <laughs> yes Atkins drop. I didn't mention it earlier, but since since Jordan's brought it up here, may as well. Um, yeah. So the NRL wanted nothing of it. I personally thought Atkins had a shocking game. Um, there's a record, the stats, I, I don't have the record here, but I think they said that um, if Atkins is refing a game for Parramatta, Parramatta win 87% of the time. Some of the people that are a bit facetious, sometimes like myself, like to point out that his dad was a great player for Parramatta. Oh, and, he must have been born there. I mean, um, 87% of the time. He's born in Parramatta and his the Atkins family is um, bleeds blue and yellow. Thick and through, obviously. I can't, believe it. I can't believe I can't believe you've just said that. That's just there you go. That's um, why you don't, Warriors lost. You you don't want to say that that's the reason, but obviously, if I was a referee and I was refereeing a Warriors game as a Warriors fan, I'd be a little bit more biased to the Warriors boys. So some of that might come through, but yeah, the NRL don't really want to. I suppose if you you drop him, um, you kind of admit that. He, he dropped the ball. He's been dropped already this year, and he was dropped last year as well. So it's not new. Um, I don't think, Atkins. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Red. Um, I don't reckon it's a real But that's what, there's, there's a difference between the NRL dropping a guy for bad performances and then and then, and then a difference a difference when coaches can ask or, or, or say, oh, oh, yeah. that guy's got to be dropped. A big, that, 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 that'll be, my I guess, my point. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that's, a great, that's, and that's a great point. I think, you know, also I think that, the, the the coaches shouldn't be fined. I mean, like if I if I was um you know Peyton at the weekend and I said that was a terrible terribly coached game, he was terrible. Now, do I deserve to be fined ten thousand, fifteen thousand for that? Like, I think the coach should be allowed to say if the refs have had a shit game because they're having it too far too often. Yeah, you know. So yeah, there we go. And uh, just uh, very briefly, I'll drop off. Yeah, but. Along your sort of lines, guys, yeah, we'd love to see the Oceania Cup being developed a bit more during the origin time. Absolutely. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that's what they should do. Yeah, there's, there's certainly enough stock there to have a good triangular series or a four-way series. I don't know. Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, New Zealand. Why not? I mean, I mind you, the Kiwis probably lose a few test matches. <laughs> and that's probably why... Um, they want to see us going up against Great Britain, England, or Australia. So, hey, look, that was um, uh, really good to get those uh, questions in from the listeners. Quite a few this week, so people are tuning in more and more as the weeks go on. And we're glad to see that here on New Zealand Sport Radio, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll now preview round 18 on Thursday night. We have the West Tigers up against the Rabbitohs. Yeah, so um, I think the Tigers' top eight dreams are done here. I'm going with the Rabbitohs. Who are you picking? I'm backing in the Rabbitohs as well. I am uh, not thinking that they're going to overhaul um, them at the at the weekend. Uh, I think that, yeah, Reynolds, sorry, not Reynolds, um, yeah, the, the Rabbitohs and co. will be too strong, I think, for yeah. Tigers. So, 
Yeah, look, um, Friday night, we also have the Bulldogs versus Sea Eagles and a nothing affair, really, because both sides are now um, officially out of the running, uh, as the Sea Eagles are. And, um, yeah, I, I think um, I still see the Sea Eagles coming uh, coming up trumps, now that, particularly now that Foreign is out. Yeah, I've gone with the Sea Eagles as well because Foreign's not playing. Cool. And on Friday, we've also got, Brad, another game. Yep, we've got the uh, Panthers versus the Eels. So I've gone with the Panthers here. I know the Eels are the only team to have beaten the Panthers this year. But I think what I saw from the Eels against the Warriors, I don't think they have it to beat a team like Panthers right now. Yes, of course, the Knights did draw with them. So um, that would you know, be... I'm going with the um, Panthers as well. I, I, I know that their freakish end has to end at some stage and could be this weekend. You know, you never know. But I don't think the Eels... Yeah, I think maybe a storm or... Or perhaps um, perhaps the Warriors might beat them. But hey, that, I'll back in the Panthers. Um, I'm a bit on the fence about this one, to be fair. But we'll just yeah, just just put in pencil the Panthers, and uh, we'll right. move on to Saturday's fixtures. Uh, we've got pencil. the Dragons. Yeah, we've got the Dragons versus the Raiders. Um, I'm going for the Raiders on this one. I think that they yeah. will be too strong for the Drags. I'm um, doing the same. Cool. Saturday we've got the Titans and Broncos. Interesting game here, considering Broncos only lost by 13. Point to prove with the Titans team, it's an up-and-comer, so I'm backing them in to beat their cousin brothers for a second time this season. Yeah, I'm backing the Titans too. Um, I'm not betting against them anymore, so I'm good, just picking good. every week now. So, Well, Titan- I mean, Gold Coast is one of my favourite Australian destinations. It's almost like my second team, the, the Gold Coast Titans. But, of course, we've also got Canberra Raiders, who I did support before the Vodafone Warriors entered the competition in 95. However, look, we've got the Roosters and the Knights later on on Saturday evening. Um, hmm, who am I going to go for on this one? You're backing I'm the really Knights, aren't you? Nah, I'm going with the Roosters. The Knights, Knights are no good. Yeah, I'll um, back in the Roosters on this one. I think that the Knights will make a quick exit from the um, final series when they do get there. Um, uh, unless they can come up with something, um, some excellent form in the next couple of weeks. Then on Sunday, we've also got the Storm versus the Cowboys and a no-brainer. The Storm, easy victors in my opinion, even though the Cowboys played a pretty decent game in beating the Dragons by one point, um, yeah. overcoming a storm of Melbourne's magnitude. Very difficult. Very difficult. So, of course, the, last, then, the yeah. last game around is the most important. <laughs> um, the Sharks playing the Warriors. Now, I've gone with the Warriors here. Um, yeah. Who are you picking? Yeah, I'm going to back in the Warriors. I think that um, the Warriors are going to just be too strong for the Sharks, and that's a genuine. Like, I'm glad I, I can actually say that with some with some genuinity, if that's a word, because I genuinely believe the Warriors will beat the Sharks this weekend, and that's how we want to talk as Warriors supporters. You know, like we want to be able to go into a game confident. And yeah, look, I'm going to back them in. I mean, the odds uh, are stacked against us, but I'm guessing that's bet 365 odds in Australian organisation anyway. It's not up the TAB. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that. But look, I'll just going back to the Eels Panthers game. Yeah, look, I, I think the Panthers will be too strong. Um, so I'm going to back in the Panthers. I think that makes us eight out of eight same picks. Yeah. So it looks like you're going to get a perfect round this week. So well done, you. Um, going with my picks. <laughs> I believe. I believe you've only had one of those in the whole time that we've been making picks. So. Um, yes. You've had a few seven from ace granted, and you know I've given you the odd Titans curveball earlier on in the season just to make yeah. it fun, you know. Like, and I've actually yeah. come off, you know, any, any of the picks that I've made, they're still being pretty good games. So, 
Oh, definitely. Um, but we've got um yeah so that yeah that takes us down to the to those picks as you say and um basically we've got some news from overseas brad yeah so there was quite a bit but i've taken it down to just one news bite really and that was um unfortunately my wigan side lost to hell kr during the week but one of the wigan players actually tested positive for covid and is in self-isolation both teams um are going to be tested and currently there have been no changes to the upcoming Super League fixtures. So a bit dicey when um, one of the, the top sides over there gets COVID into the camp, but it looks like it's just been a, a one-off and they've managed to catch it early on, which is good to see. Good to see that they're um, keeping on top with all the testing to make sure things don't happen um, and lose the competition again. We've also got some news in the ladies' game. Oh, we don't have any this week. Uh, we do. We've got one. Sorry, um, Warriors. Yes, the Warriors star, um, Honey Hermine Smiley, uh, Smiler. Sorry, um, she's going to miss her second season in a row due to injury. It's a big loss for the Warriors. She's a, a hell of a talent, um, and hopefully she bounces back stronger for next season. Well, look, we wish her all the best in a speedy recovery because that would be absolutely difficult to um, have two seasons away. Um, so yeah, so the, the New Zealand Sports Radio Integrity Unit is going to have to step in here and uh, remind Sanjay that one of our, our uh, one of our values is 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 integrity and that we that we have opinions, but they're always our real opinions. Don't want you going out there and uh, saying that you can say this, you can make this pick um, this time with 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 uh, actually believing it. Come on, you believe everything you say. That's the whole point of our of uh, what, what our mantras. Also, um, yeah, they're all sort of fanboy moment honey heramine um actually likes one of my comments on facebook the other day so yay oh that's good oh fantastic fantastic no excellent no i was uh being absolutely genuine in the pick making process there so but hey look uh ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us here on the standoff season 15 uh, episode 15 done and dusted we hope to uh, have your company again next week where we're edging closer to the final series and um brad uh, for those listeners that couldn't catch us live they can uh catch us on our podcast on iHeartRadio. That's right. So on iHeartRadio or Facebook, just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Thank you. Good night, guys. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 